Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, joined by Marcus Parks. As always, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Ben. How are you? I am good. Thanks so much for uh, emailing in to the Dumpster Fire Chats, everyone. I'm going to get to your emails as soon as I possibly can. Email in at benk721 at gmail.com. Um, all right, Marcus, what a week it's been. <laughs> it's every week. Has it been it, a week? Every week has been is always what a week it's been. This is exciting. I feel like my brain is living the career of Mick Foley <laughs> when he was a Japanese death wrestler. Uh, uh-huh. And it was just like, I feel like every now and again, I'm just getting slammed into a bunch of, uh, what is it, M4s, uh-huh. <laughs> series of bombs and uh, barbed wire and things like that. Basically, uh, Donald Trump, of course, he ran on a platform of whining to get what he wants. Remember mm. that? He's like, I whine, I whine. <laughs> and that's how I get what I want. Well, it's time to put on a diaper as well, big baby, <laughs> because your administration is leaking. It is unbelievable. <laughs> People, uh, there's a guy, Sabato, Larry Sabato is his name. He runs a think tank. He's a, he's more of a conservative-leaning guy. He swears he's never seen anything quite like this no. uh, in presidential, in, in modern pre- uh, presidential uh, politics, certainly not uh, in the executive office. They just cannot keep a lid on the people who are around the president. And we were talking before the show, I think one of the problems is Obama holdovers. Mm-hmm. They have no loyalty whatsoever. Of course, uh, that was uh, Sally Yates, uh, the uh, the former acting attorney general, she um, chose not to go ahead with his unconstitutional uh, immigration travel ban, Muslim ban, and uh, she was subsequently fired. And But, you know, she knew what she was up to. It was basically a resignation letter. We have a lot of Obama holdovers who have no loyalty whatsoever to Donald Trump or his, or Steve Bannon or anybody in that uh, in the executive level right now. And then, of course, we also have Steve Bannon, who is keeping a different circle of friends than Reince Priebus is keeping, the Mitch McConnell Republicans, the more status, status quo Republicans. So we have three different factions right now working uh, if, under Donald Trump, but they're not working together. And the leaks, uh, this, this faucet is, is dripping, and this entire... Uh, the entire apartment is about to be flooded. Well, nobody's working together in this administration. Not one person. No one's working together. Nobody's talking to each other. Uh, that much is apparent just from the whole Michael Flynn mess, how that yes. whole thing was rolled out. Um, I mean, Kellyanne Conway is completely out of the loop on everything. Well, Kellyanne Conway, of course, uh, I'm sure this everyone already knows this, 
uh, former National Security uh, Advisor Michael Flynn was, he technically resigned as well. Technically. Donald Trump just couldn't, he loves to fire people on TV (laughs) when they can't sell a Maybelline product, quite (laughs) quite right. But if a National Security uh, Advisor has secret conversations with a Russian ambassador, and then lies to the vice president of the United States, that vice president being Mike Pence. Donald Trump just has a hard time pointing his fingers into into the shape of a gun and saying, you fire. <laughs> well, he didn't even do it until he it was leaked. It. it was three weeks. They yes. knew for three weeks that yes. this was a fact. This is not something that is unsubstantiated. This is not a rumor. It is a fact that they knew for three weeks that it was a fact that he had spoken to a Russian ambassador about sanctions, had told mm. Mike Pence he had not talked about sanctions. Yep. For three weeks they knew this, and it wasn't until a leak showed that they knew Knew it, showed that he had done it, that they finally got rid of him. Well, and the interesting thing is I was on Kennedy yesterday talking about this. Uh, Michael Flynn, he was a very controversial figure to begin with. In 2014, Barack Obama fired him, and now, of course, he's forced to resign, basically fired by Donald Trump. He's basically the Keith Oberman of National Security Advisors. He cannot hold on to a job. It is – so what happened was November 8th, Donald Trump is elected. Uh, in December, they start talking about the, the Russian hacking into the election. So Barack Obama said, we're going to get tough on Russia. And this is one of the great ironies when it comes to the Democrats and them being upset with Donald Trump's approach to Russia right now. Under Barack Obama, we allowed uh, Russia to basically control the war in Syria. We allowed them to annex Crimea, and we allowed them to do whatever they want in Ukraine. Um, So it wasn't as if the Democrats were extremely hard on Russia. But one of Barack Obama's partying moves, one of his his, uh, final things to do was uh, to establish sanctions on the Russians, which was more more of a symbolic gesture than anything, because he knew for a fact, regardless if Michael Flynn was the national security advisor or not, Donald Trump would get rid of those sanctions. They came as a a repercussion for them, theoretically, uh, you know, um, meddling in our elections, Mm -hmm. right? So after that happened in mid, uh, mid December, when Barack Obama put on the sanctions, Michael Flynn got on the phone, talked to his Russian, uh, talked to a Russian ambassador, and promised those sanctions would be removed as soon as Donald Trump uh, was sworn in January 20th, which was already sort of understood by the Russians. So the fact of the and the fact is, the Michael Flynn lying about it was absolutely insane because the Kremlin is more bugged than the real world house on MTV <laughs> or than the Kardashians home. The The Kremlin, everything is recorded. Yeah. It makes Richard Nixon's White House look like a like a like a uh, panic room. Like no one, <laughs> no one's hearing anything. Uh, that's how bugged the Kremlin is. I mean, uh, uh, Vladimir Putin recently just murdered a uh, political foe, as mm-hmm. a matter of fact, uh, because he had overheard some of the uh, communications uh, that the man was having inside the Kremlin. So the fact that he was not aware or just chose not to acknowledge the fact that those conversations were recorded, the audacity then to go lie to Mike Pence about the conversation, it, it is t- it's a total lapse of judgment. It's and I think ad- it disqualifies him for being the national security advisor, regardless of the content uh, the, of the conversation between he and the ambassador. Exactly. It's not audacity. It's ignorance. It's it unbelievable. incompetence that yeah. he, wouldn't, he just didn't think. He just didn't think that they would find out. I mean, I, I have no under. I don't even talk to you and uh, and Henry on the phone without being like, this thing is tapped. The whole, <laughs> the whole thing is bugged. <laughs> I'm very careful about what I talk or da- what I say or text or any of that type yes. of stuff. Like it, it is, uh, and this guy is, you know, supposed to be the. <laughs> 
National it, it, security. I know. Security. It, it, it's just national security. It's just kind of mind-boggling how yeah. dumb he is and how dumb all of these people are. Like, it is just, I mean, I, I think for the longest time, people have, or for the longest time, it just feels like a long time. For the last few weeks, mm-hmm. people have been saying uh, that, you know, they're trying to do this uh, tactic where they're going to flood us with information. Right. They're going to flood us with outrage. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think it is pure and total incompetence. They just really, really do not know what they're doing. Well, you know, uh, growing pains happen in all administrations. <laughs> of course, you know, Barack Obama, he had Van Jones, who I believe was going to be an energy czar or a car czar, one of these czars when everyone was freaking out about the term czar, uh, who was forced to resign because he had some ties with a far left group or what a lot of people on the right considered a far left group. Nothing compared to this. Exactly. Nothing compared to this. But uh, you I mean, know, that's so- a sneeze compared to britches full of shit. I mean, uh- yeah, it, it really is. It's, and it's interesting now because Barack, uh, uh, you know, we can say Barack Obama, uh, George W. Bush at this time in their presidency, they had roughly 65 percent to 75 percent um, competence. Like the American people were like, well, they're going to be competent anyway, because we want to believe in our president. Uh, you know, this is sort of a rally around the flag moment. Nothing too atrocious could possibly go wrong in the first month of an administration. Donald Trump right now, Fox News, I was just there yesterday, are thrilled with him at 50 percent. 50 percent of the country says, oh, he's, he might be OK in uh, in an emergency situation. He might be uh, a fine leader, which is extremely low. That bar is extremely low for a president uh, less than one month in to his administration. Uh, And, of course, I think that that poll came out uh, right after the North Koreans. They've been testing a new ballistic missile, previously a submarine launch missile that they were able to launch from land. And if you get a chance to watch the North Korean uh, missile launch, it's adorable. <laughs> it is it is the little missile that could. Yeah. It barely it barely works. And there it, were there were North Korean scientists just being like if that thing doesn't start going up, we are dead. <laughs> Get off the ground. And it did. And it's a it's a solid fuel missile, which makes it less detectable. It went, I believe, 300 miles. Um, it could go 1,200 miles. Either way, we I think we really blow up the North Korean threat. They are far, far away from getting any ballistic missile that could reach the U.S. Well, just as adorable was Donald Trump and uh, the Japanese watching a video of that missile launch in the middle of a dining room in a country club. Club. <laughs> yeah. In the middle Mar-a-Lago. of these people, uh, I, I don't get these people that were so insane about Hillary Clinton, about lock her up, about like, yeah. I can't believe she used uh, the uh, how she used her own email server. When you've got this guy, Donald Trump, looking, doing state business, international business out in the open, and also tweeting from an unsecured Android phone. They, I just do not get the cognitive dissonance with these people. It is interesting, uh, no doubt about it. And you wonder if all those things will come to back to nip them in the bud if they're not or, you know, nip them in the bud if they're not already. And I think that they are. Of course, he met with Shinzo Abe. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the Japanese prime minister. And so it was sort of a perfect situation for the North Koreans, kind of a two for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to, they got covered by the Japanese press, the American press, and both uh, Shinzo Abe and Donald Trump got to watch the, the thrilling missile launch together. Well, as far as it goes uh, with the White House, nobody talking to each other, none of the agencies talking to each other. 
One of the re- the, the reason why this is so amazingly dangerous when you've got someone somebody who is so extremely disorganized. Um, <clears throat> one of the reasons why 9/11 happened mm-hmm. was because the FBI and the CIA weren't talking to each other. Yeah, that's very true. The FBI had information about the hijackers in the United States. The CIA had information about the planning of the attack overseas. But those two uh, agencies were in a dick measuring contest with each other, mm. and they weren't talking to each other. If both, But strangely enough, they were trying to see who could get the smaller one, because the <laughs> FBI and CIA, they both like covert operations. <laughs> but what that's what happens when mm. our Green. security agencies don't talk to each other. It's dangerous, and I think disorganized, and that's the, and that's the key word. Uh, that's the operable word. Disorganization is a huge threat to national security. Gigantic. It's the biggest threat to national security. And and that's why we have foreign leaders right now who are really just sort of able to manipulate and play. And we'll get, we'll get into some of these people who could be taken over as national security advisor in a moment. But we have some of these, these foreign leaders who are really manipulating Donald Trump. Oh. For example, China's president, uh, Xi Jinping. I believe I'm saying that mildly right. <laughs> uh, if I'm not, I'm not. Uh, I apologize. Um, but... Um, He's now going for the one China policy, yeah. for example. He had one phone call with the uh, with the president of China, and uh, and now they're, they're they're going with the one China policy as opposed to the two state, um, well, not the two state solution that's involving Israel, but the two state um, you know relationship between Taiwan and China. Uh, so it's really interesting how he's able to just turn in, in just mid step and pivot one eighty, and that I mean that is because he has no actual. You know, uh, you know, fundamental base. He has no intellectual base when it comes to political theory or foreign policy. He has no knowledge whatsoever. He's just whatever people tell him. That's what he goes with, which is really dangerous. And with Benjamin Netanyahu, who he met with today, now he encourages them to stop with the settlements. But he always, but he also said uh, the Israelis uh, that is to stop with the uh, with the with the expansion of the settlements. But then he also says perhaps the two state solution isn't the only way to go. So he's talking out of both sides of his ass, uh, I would say mouth, but these, you know, his his thoughts are, are worthy of of uh, you know of talking out of an ass. Yeah. Um. So it, it it's really fascinating when he actually meets with these political politically savvy leaders who have experience. They're just running all over him. Yeah. And not only that, as far as it goes with him uh, not having any sort of knowledge base, I mean, you can you can absolutely uh, trace. What is said on Fox News to his tweets. You know, he's just taking what people are telling him because he has no actual knowledge. So he's like, oh, maybe I should bone up on this. And so he's just taking what people are telling him. But he also doesn't remember what he said the day before. Well, and that goes to a leak uh, from February 9th. We'll go through a few of these leaks here. It was a Reuters report. It says, according to a current and former U.S. officials, Trump asked aides what the START treaty was. Um, during his conversation uh, with the Russian president, Vladimir Putin. So he wasn't even, he didn't have the, I guess, uh, what, just the, the the intellectual, he just doesn't want to explore. No. He, he, has no, he has no desire for knowledge or to like, if you don't want, the START treaty is a strategic arms reduction treaty. It's, it's 101. Of course, again, he didn't know what the nuclear triad was, but that was the first debate over a year ago now. You figured he would have boned up a little bit or just had some thirst for knowledge. You know, when you're, ta- I mean, these are kind of exciting, fun things. You're dealing with nuclear weapons. If you're, a, this, is a, this should be a kid in a candy store. If you're the president and you don't want to talk about nuclear weapons, what the hell are you doing there? <laughs> well, he loves talking about nuclear weapons, but all he's concerned in is how much destruction 
destruction they can cause. That's all he wants. That's all he cares about. He doesn't care about any of the non-proliferation treaties. All he cares about is how big boom go. And it is kind of exciting because how big does Boom go? <laughs> you know, I, I like it. That is I'm exciting. Just saying. I understand. I understand where he's coming from. That is exciting. But God damn it, he's the president of the United States here. You know, he needs to know these things, especially if he's going to swing his nuclear dick around as much as he has been. He needs to know this stuff. Absolutely, because it is dangerous if he doesn't. And if he is perceived as, and this is why he's being perceived as weak, uh, because he's uninformed and knowledge is power and he does not have it. No. And hence he does not currently have the power. February 5th, there was a leak from the New York Times, and this is where I have to say it's regarding Sean Spicer and how Donald Trump watches every single press conference that Spicer gives, and we talked about this on the last episode. I would not in a trillion years want to be Spicer. No. It is a nightmare position. I actually have some sympathy for him because he is trying, as we talked about earlier, with the different factions within the White House right now, there is no singular voice, there is no singular opinion, and there is no actual um, plan. There is no plan that uh, that everyone can get behind and be on board with. So Sean Spicer at 2.30 p.m. or 3 p.m., by the time he takes to the podium to meet the press, they have five five different theories or five different uh, conversations happening coming from the same White House and he's sitting there you know trying to uh, trying to volley them as if you know you go into batting practice and the, and the machine that spits out the balls haywires and it's just throwing 30 of them at you at once I mean it's a nightmare for this guy granted he took the position and many people have it much worse off in life such as the DACA kid who was just arrested and uh, will be deported because he allegedly was in a gang yeah uh, well I think every single person in the White House right now is miserable. Nobody in there is having a good time. I mean, that's I think one Time Magazine reporter said that uh, the staff radiates misery. I could imagine that. Yeah. I thought they were supposed to radiate winning. <laughs> I mean, did you see uh, Conway on uh, the shows oh, on, uh, what, was, what was it, yesterday morning? I mean, she looked so tired. You I mean, can, just had no sleep whatsoever. And of course, she complained about not having any sleep because if there's yeah. one thing this administration loves to do is they love to talk about how hard everything is. I know. It's it's really hard on them as families are getting ripped apart and around up that... Uh you know, again, Barack Obama deported more people in this uh, in this country than any president in history. But it is, and it's nice the press is finally covering these deportations. But that, regardless if Obama did it or if Trump did it, it's still not right. Um, what's happening right now regarding our immigration policy domestically? Uh, Kellyanne Conway, yes, I actually, again, I do have a little sympathy for her <laughs> uh, because of the nightmare world that they are living in. I want to go back a little bit when it comes to Michael Flynn. Some people are saying that he violated this Logan Act. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the Logan Act was put in place in 1799. It's never been used before. I don't even think anyone knew that it was on the books until I don't. Someone probably just Google it. It was pretty so, obscure. Yeah. It's pretty obscure. So I mean, yes, maybe he could be prosecuted under the Logan Act, but I, I absolutely don't think so. Especially again because of what you said earlier, Marcus. Donald Trump still calls him a wonderful guy. Yeah, he came even, out in a press conference and said he is a wonderful guy. Uh, let me see exactly what he said here. He said, "I think he's been untreated very, very unfairly, unfairly by the media, as I call it, the fake media." In uh-huh. many cases, I mean this whole fake media fake news thing like it's not it's 
it's starting to make all of us look bad. It doesn't oh. just make yeah, him look bad. It does, just doesn't make him look weak. It makes our country look weak. It makes us look like <clears throat> a country of whiners, a country of people that cannot possibly take any sort of... I mean, it's... I mean, this is what foreign dictators say. Yeah. When they don't get the press they want, they call it fake news. And if Donald Trump had his way, if we didn't uh, thank God, uh, you know, for uh, for Roosevelt going for the three terms or whatever, at least, at least we don't have the he doesn't have the ability for, uh, you know, limitless uh, time in office, because if he did, uh, he would legitimately murder these people. You can get the feeling, you know, they would send him send him, uh, you know, to go face the wall. And put a bullet in the back of their heads. That's the slippery slope that you start going down. And yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but that is the slippery slope. Once the leader of the free world starts criticizing the press, delegitimizing them, and granted, I mean, the mainstream media hasn't done themselves many favors. They have gotten many, many things wrong, and they are biased in their own you know, ways. But the way that he goes after news outlets to just, that just don't report what he wants them to report is is really dangerous. Well, this is what he uh, said nine hours ago. I mean, nine hours ago, he want, went on a bit of a, bit of a tweet storm. He said, the fake news media is going crazy with their conspiracy theories and blind hate, hatred. MSNBC and CNN are unwatchable. Fox and Friends is great. Fox and Friends is where Kellyanne Conway, of course, got in trouble with the ethics committee. She is now being investigated <laughs> because she did tell everyone to go by Ivanka's Ivanka Trump's line of wonderful dresses at Nordstrom's and get there soon because they are flying off the shelves, not because people are buying them, because they are being removed by janitors who make minimum wage. Uh, well, actually, uh, speaking of Kellyanne Conway and MSNBC, uh, the uh, Mike uh, Brzezinski banned her from being on Morning Joe. Oh, really? Yeah. She's been banned for Morning Joe. <laughs> She's been totally banned for Morning Joe because he said that she uh, always, she just can't be trusted uh, to be truthful, which is. She's extremely uh, unreliable, obviously. Yeah. Um, and again, I think she's in over her head. Uh, there is no message. There is no memo that these people have to keep them on script. They are really, it's fly by the seat of their pants. So it's not entirely their fault. It is a representation of Trump. It is a representation of Bannon. It's a representation of the chaos that is currently going around uh, in the Oval Office. Um, all right. So another leak here is the Washington Post reports that U.S. intelligence agencies taped conversations between Flynn and the ambassador. That came out on February 13th, as we talked about at the top of the show. And that is why Mr. Flynn is no longer the national security advisor. So there are a couple of replacements that have been uh, tossed around. There's one dude, Vice Admiral Bob. Currently, it is being held by Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg, who was a top advisor to Trump, and uh, and now he is currently the national security advisor. But most people think that is uh, a transitional um, uh, position, and he will be ousted for either Vice Admiral Bob Howard. He's a former deputy commander of U.S. Command, and uh, he served on the National Security Council under W. And then one of the great ironies of this entire thing, the other one of the other main options, and it might not be either of uh, any uh, any of these three people. We don't know, but these are just the names being thrown around. David Petraeus <laughs> it's, uh, is being thrown around as well, and of course, the great irony is he was ousted in 2012 for sharing secrets with his uh, biographer Paula Broadwell, and he had a, uh, I believe it was a ten thousand dollar fine and two years probation. Anyway, maybe not the best guy to follow up, Flynn. Yeah, 
Petraeus. Yeah. Who was accused, actually found guilty. Found guilty of, of the sh- exact same thing. Sharing, actually sharing classified information. Of course, again, you know, everyone, Hillary, with the emails saying, uh, I can't believe that there was the possibility that classified information could get out. Petraeus actually told his biographer slash mistress classified information. He was found guilty of it. And now they're well, saying that this person could possibly be the, uh, the national security yeah. advisor. If you can't be honest with your mistress, though, <laughs> then then what kind of guy are you? You know. Um, so those are the three names: Howard, uh, Kellogg, and Petraeus that are currently being tossed around to fill this position. And Donald Trump, of course, he has been now. Um, Putzer is is officially out. They won't be doing a hearing for him. He's having a hard time finding people. To trust, and he's having a hard time finding people to fill these positions because he refuses. Uh, he refuses to hire people who said negative things about him in the past, mm. or who he, uh, you know, who is he's just very sensitive to when people are mean to him. So he only wants to keep yes men around, and that's going to greatly limit his uh, his options. And it's going to really, at the end of the day, hurt the country, hurt our security, and hurt his entire administration. You got to put the primary cycle, you got to put the entire election behind you. And just hire the best people for the job. Um, speaking of people that he is currently speaking with now, that they had a small, they had a small feud, and uh, although this man, he loved Donald Trump, and he wanted to be Donald Trump's number one friend the entire time. <laughs> of course, we're talking about chubby uh, big boy himself, Chris Christie. Uh, he is now meeting with Donald Trump. Uh, he met with him on Valentine's Day. And I think he is a, he's in good he's in a good position because Trump's administration is in shambles and it's so chaotic. Chris Christie, with governance ability, uh, understands what a government needs to look like, understands the ins and outs. Really, it's just clerical, boring work that mm-hmm. Donald Trump has no desire to learn nor cares, uh, you know, to enact. He met with him on Valentine's Day, apparently, to to discuss drugs. So Chris Christie, the man who's morbidly obese, the man who is without a doubt diabetic, is going to uh, possibly be in charge of the war on drugs when it comes with, uh, and of course, that is with uh, Jeff Sessions um, as the attorney general. So that could be a waking nightmare. Yeah. Uh, Chris Christie, of course, notorious for being extremely hard on marijuana in New Jersey. Uh, they they tried to legalize it um, for medical use, which I don't believe it's legal right now in New Jersey for medical use. Um, and it, but it was extremely difficult for them to pass any legislation whatsoever. He, uh, you know, people were literally dying sick. Chris Christie just did not care. Because this person who obviously can't take care of himself feels as if the government has the right ideas when it comes to human health and when it comes to uh, individual liberty concerning what you put in your body. So that's where Donald Trump is going right now, and he's desperate to try to write the to try to write this uh, the ship, and we'll see if he's able to do it. I mean, it is it's less than a month in. It's just what what has to happen. He has to get his cabinet choices through, which are just going to become more and more difficult to get through. Again, Puzder is, ga- is gone. He's out. Um, I just it, this is going to be a huge endeavor. Yeah, and I'm not sure if if uh, if they're going to be able to to pull it off. And they're certainly not going to be able to pull it off without the support of the Republican establishment. And what happens with someone like Michael Flynn, what's going on right now with uh, Donald Trump's philosophy and uh, an overall opinion of Russia 
it t- totally contradicts everything the Republican Party has stood for forever. Yeah. For a very ever since ever since the Cold War began. Ever since World War II was done and the Cold War started, the Republican Party has been against Russia. Yeah. And so we have Mitch McConnell, that entire and, and Mitch McConnell all the way down, the Republicans, this is the I this is more important to them than his economic policies, than some of his, you know, uh, let's call it flamboyant language, his desire to tweet, um, all these kinds of things. The thing that pisses them off the most, in my personal opinion, is what he's doing with Russia and just completely throwing out conservative principles when dealing with a with a, with a foreign foe. So I, I don't see him getting the support of the Republican establishment. Uh, obviously, the Democrats are realizing that they cannot go along with anything that Donald Trump uh, wants to put forward because they their constituents are livid. Yeah. I mean, we saw what happened uh, recently when the Republicans went and started doing a bunch of town halls. It was like our show in Chicago for the last podcast on the left. <laughs> I mean, everyone was screaming, um, but it wasn't screaming. They weren't screaming any positive things. That's for sure. Yeah. People are just super. They're extremely pissed off. The, the Republican establishment is also pissed off because there is no replacement that they deem uh, worthy right now for Obamacare, for the Health Care Act. I don't think that Donald Trump has his heart in, in replacing it, which I, which I believe will also mean he won't repeal it. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see where his allies are. It's already shrinking and shrinking and shrinking, and he didn't have a large circle to begin with. Yeah. Well, as I've said before, America is an ongoing experiment. A lot of people have said that. Is that that's what America is supposed to be, is that we are a governmental experiment to see what works best. And I think with Donald Trump, we tried... Let's see what happens if we put a guy who has no experience whatsoever in government in the highest seat in the land. Well, the last time we did it was Harry Truman. Well, and, Harry and we had Truman, two no. we had two big things that happened with Harry Truman, which <laughs> well, hopefully don't happen under Donald Trump. Truman had some experience. And Truman he, didn't have a lot of experience, but he had some experience. And Truman fucked things up pretty fucking bad. Uh, but we well, so we yes said, and no. We could argue that. We could argue that. But I would argue that Truman was. He had bad people around him. But this is what happens when you put someone with no experience in government whatsoever at the top. It doesn't yeah. work. We tried it, you know? It, it's the, It got tried. It's not working. In fact, it is proving to be a gigantic disaster, uh, and it needs to change before something truly terrible happens. Because it's like I said earlier, 9-11 happened because the FBI— oh, among many other reasons, mm-hmm. but one of the big reasons was because the FBI and the CIA weren't talking to each other. Donald Trump's administration is an absolute and total mess. I'm not saying that another 9-11 is going to happen. I'm not going to say it's going to be that bad. But what I am saying is that a security force, a country's security only works when everybody is talking to each other. Yes, they that's very true. When they stop talking to each other, when there is no organization, when there is no management whatsoever, it does not work. And I am so afraid that there's something 
that something terrible is going to happen, and he's going to use it to his advantage. Well, as we talked about on the last episode uh, with you and I, of course. I mean, he's definitely he's definitely going to use anything that he can use for his political advantage. Um, but, you know, the thing is, they are not talking to one another, uh, but they are talking to the press. So we are getting a lot of information that we yeah. don't necessarily get from other administrations. Uh, for example, we found out when, he, when uh, Donald Trump on February 1st, he spoke with the uh, Australian Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull. And uh, he said it was the worst call. uh, The Washington Post said that this person, that uh, his secret uh, senior official said it was the worst call by far. He hung up on this guy within uh, within 20 minutes. They were supposed to talk for an hour. Um, Absolutely insane. And then there's more details coming out uh, regarding his conversation with Mexican President Enrique Pina, talking about what a nightmare that is. There isn't any secrets whatsoever in this White House. And I think that continually uh, that continued erosion of trust amongst the people in the White House. It's just going to end with him and Steve Bannon staring at each other uh, in the in the corners of the Oval Office. And it's going to end like the movie The Thing. (laughs) I mean, that's really who else is going to be around? Everyone's going to be completely destroyed um, because, you know, no one no one will be trusted whatsoever. No. There's uh, and no I, trust. I don't see how anybody trusts. Uh, I, I mean, the the hardcore Trump fans are. Uh, they're. I mean, it, it's pretty fascinating to watch. It's really fascinating to watch them. Like how they're able because they're yes. saying that um, they're twisting Michael Flynn as being a uh, a hero. That he became a lightning rod for uh, the president, mm-hmm. and so he selflessly fell on his sword that he didn't really need to, that he didn't actually do anything wrong. Uh, but because the media turned him into a lightning rod, he fell on his sword. And that takes uh, – that that's some some – Pretty intense uh, mental acrobatics there. Well, you know, as we talked about in the last episode, we currently have a Republican. Uh, we have we have conservatives in the media who are absolutely insane for not recognizing the hypocrisy of going along with Donald Trump, uh, basically equating the United States to Russia, uh, talking about a Leninist in office with with Bannon, uh, you know, who is uh, you know a uh, a proponent of. Um, a proponent of Solidinsky-like tactics. It is quite interesting to see them slowly find themselves in a position where they will not be trusted again. Yeah. They're politi- I mean, you know, a lot of people said if Donald Trump did not win this election, the Sean Hannity's of the world, uh, to some degree Alex Jones, um, they would be done. And I think his victory just, uh, you know, just sort of prolonged their ultimate demise. And it's going to make it a lot larger. Absolutely, because yeah. then they can't Well, Alex speculate. Jones is going to self-destruct. Alex Jones is Alex Jones. He can do it at <laughs> chemtrails, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you're right, because, you know, theoretically, if he wouldn't have won, they could have been like, look at everything that Hillary did wrong. This is what Trump would have done right. Yeah, but we actually get to see it. Yeah. So this is, you know, and, and back to your point regarding, uh, you know, this being an experiment, there are some, it is good to see people engaged, uh, active, going to town hall meetings again. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see the, the press covering immigration and deportation. It's good to see some of these um, outlets that were pretty much muted during the Obama administration because they liked their politics or because, you know, they had a vested interest in, in Barack Obama's uh, success. It's good to see them wake up and actually cover, uh, you know, reality and in, in the news again. So there are some positive things. And we'll, we'll be, I, I am still optimistic. I don't think that, you know, the world's not going to burn down under Donald Trump. 
Um, however, it is very real what's happening, and his actions have real-world ramifications. And seeing them, you know, um, seeing what they look like on the ground is is, is it's fascinating. And uh, and there's just more to come. Again, they they got their first DACA kid because he had confessed to meeting a gang. The sanctuary city, uh, cutting the sanctuary city funding is going to happen. That's going to have real-world ramifications on social programs, education, things like that. And then, of course, now again, going back to Chris Christie and drugs and um, and, and Jeff Sessions, the uh, the attorney general, hard line on drugs, completely against the legalization of it. Is the federal government going to start cracking down on Colorado, uh, you know, and other states that have legalized um marijuana we just don't know what's going to happen because this is just one month in and they're moving at such a breakneck speed with no there they need to have a stopgap there needs to be somebody in there that's just like annoying and it's just like <laughs> let's hold on guys just we, they need one nerd mm-hmm. who is just like guys can we just hold on and everyone says you're a you're dope howie you're a dope and you're a loser and you have no friends but that person is needed yeah and they don't have any voice like that and if they don't have any, they're they're just exhausting themselves so early on, wasting all the political capital. They have a hundred days. That's what uh, you know. That tends to be the standard of like you can pretty much get anything you want done in the first one hundred days of an administration. Mm-hmm. That's when Obama passed uh, uh, the Health Care Act and uh, and a series of other things. And Donald Trump is, I think, he's already burned all of that goodwill. Yeah, the Republicans, the Republican establishment is horrified. They're like, how the hell do we get this guy? How do we get him out of here? How do we handle these next four years? The Democrats are realizing that if they voted, uh, you know, for example, I believe it was Elizabeth Warren that uh, that voted uh, Ben Carson for HUD. She never heard the end of it. These Democrats are like, they're in a rock and a hard place. Yeah, I just don't see the coalition. You have to have a coalition inside of the government in order to get anything through. The only coalition he's building is the two thirds it's going to take to impeach his ass. Yeah, and which of course doesn't really get rid of him anyway. But because um, you know Bill Clinton was impeached, it's a much much longer process. But it is. Uh, I mean, <laughs> one month in, he's about, he's about burned every bridge. Uh, you know that Chris Christie could shut down. Yeah, because he does not know what he is doing. He does not know how government works, and he's showing that as hard as he possibly um, can right now. But now I'm trying to think of something positive to say because we've been so mean to him, <laughs> and now I can feel he's like getting sad. Oh, uh, we can feel it from here, can't we? I talked about. Uh, well, he does. He has a rule where he's no longer allowing lobbyists to be in his uh, to have uh, conversations with his cabinet, but his cabinet is just full of lobbyists. <laughs> like I was thinking, I was talking about that on the uh, on the on the dumpster fire. It's like Rex Tillerson. He doesn't need a lobbyist for Exxon. No, he's it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like okay, thank you for theoretically okay, draining here, the swamp. Here's something positive. He did a tweet. Thank you to Eli Lake of the Bloomberg View. The NSA and FBI should not interfere in our politics. And is very serious situation for the USA. He told someone thank you. That's very that's, nice. <laughs> that's that's very nice. He was gracious to one person who kissed his ass. I don't mind the twenty five percent tax uh, for uh, you know lowering that for corporations. I suppose. And he said, if you make less than $20,000, you're not going to pay any, I think it was in- income tax. That's good. Mm. Okay. Well. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, well, either way, um, it will be okay. We're one month in. I just don't and, see how they uh, can sustain this. Like, that, well, you know this what? Just seems, all of it seems completely and totally unsustainable. It, it, it does. It really does. Because an election is not a government. You know, like we kept saying right. that, you know, I don't see how they can sustain this level of scandal. And they did. 
You know, they absolutely did. But um, this is different. This is this is actual government. You're dealing with actual people uh, mm. that have actual jobs now. Um, you're not just going for elections. You can't just move on to the next city and say another outrageous thing uh, to cover up the outrageous thing that you said the day before. I mm. mean, the, these are... These are actual people that you're dealing with now and actual policies with actual very real ramifications. I just don't see how they can sustain it. Yes, I'm trying to find the name of the guy that Rex Tillerson recommended uh, for the cabinet, uh, no, for a uh, for an appointed position, who was absolutely extremely successful. And he is the one that Donald Trump turned down because he wrote a negative article in the primaries about Donald Trump calling him unfit uh, to be commander in chief. And the guy is totally reputable, completely, you know, on the level. Tillerson wanted him and Donald Trump said no because his feelings were hurt. So the, na- oh, the name I was trying to think of, Elliot Abrams. Yeah. That was the guy that Tillerson recommended. And what was the position that he was recommended for? Uh, Deputy Secretary of State. Deputy Secretary of State. He is the one that criticized Donald Trump in the primary. And Donald Trump, despite the fact this man would do a fine job. I mean, of course, if you are liberal, I understand you're never going to like these people. But there are competent people on the right. Yeah. He would be a competent person. I mean, as far as a Republican resume goes, he uh, served under both Reagan and W. Like, yeah, I mean. This guy has he has a resume, but anybody that had any sort of sense uh, last year came out and said that this guy does not have the smarts to be president, and rightly so, is they're all being proved right. Yeah, Um, and there are very few people who did not come out and say that, uh, and Mm -hmm. it's like a uh, you know it it just kind of stacks one on top of the other because the people who said that Donald Trump were going to do a good job are people that don't really have much of an understanding what goes on inside government. So he's putting those people inside government. They also don't know what they're doing. Uh, It's not you know that these things are uh, you know governments are extremely especially the American government is an extremely complicated machine. You can't just plug in parts. And we could sit here and argue far too complicated. Absolutely, I think there are. It's the the bureauc- It's a bureaucratic nightmare. The bureaucracy of Washington is atrocious. It is what it is, yeah, and you got to know how to navigate it. Yeah, if you want to build a faster car, you hire a mechanic. Like you hire an engineer. You hire someone right. who knows how a car works. You can be like, but I don't want to, you know, I want to, you know, whatever, no cars at all. Maybe you want a moped or something. <laughs> well, either way, yes. So it, 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 Donald Trump, they, they can turn it around. It's only a month in. And again, you know, I want my president to succeed. Um, it's just his policies at this point have, you know, proven to be um, detrimental to national security. Uh, which I think is an extremely important and valid argument that the right can make uh, regarding the travel ban, regarding his immigration policies, and detrimental to the detrimental uh, detrimental to the morale of the country. Yeah, uh, and to what this nation was founded on, uh, which is of course marijuana. <laughs> um, Washington had a bunch of weed plants. He, he did. They all they were all hopped up on the sweet on the sweet herb. Washington would love the weed now. Hemp. He'd be like, "Ooh, I can almost feel my wooden teeth," <laughs> um, which was a myth. Yes, it was. The, he did not have wooden teeth. <laughs> no, he did not. He was tired. I love that the precedent for two terms that he set before Roosevelt shattered it and made it forced us to actually have a constitutional law over it. He was just tired. Yeah. It's like I'm I'm done, and everyone else should be done because I can't do it anymore. Yeah, you did a war in two terms. Just- 
Fine. Good. Good guy. Um, all right. And of course, uh, Ivanka Trump, I do have to defend her. She was yelled at by her yoga instructor. Oh. And that was bad. That was all over Fox News. Oh, was it? Because I didn't hear about that at all. That story was big. <laughs> In some circles, the Ivanka Trump getting yelled at by her yoga instructor story was bigger than the fact that yeah. the Russians are in the White House. I can see why people love Fox News. Well, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, Fox and Friends, as a matter of fact, it's early, but they, they feel like they look like they're drunk. <laughs> Which is exciting. Um, all right. Well, I think that's basically the the news of the week. It changes all the time. So uh, we'll try to, you know, keep you up to date. I hope this wasn't too upsetting of an episode. I feel like we were a little bit hard, but I don't know what else to do at this point because it's we're just, seeing the policies and it's just, he's just inept. And I'm, you know, where we are. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, Hillary was a, a, a everyone... It's tough to say. You know, this whole no, election. It's, no, it's not. You it's know. pretty easy to say. No, but this election, I think this is what the country possibly needed. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe it's you a may good wake-up right. call, and hopefully the Democrats get some new blood, and the Republican Party uh, realizes they have to make a few changes to uh, uh, to their brand to stop somebody like an insurgent candidate. Um, you know, some people equate him to Thomas Jefferson. Uh, some people, uh, Andrew Jackson, they equate him to. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's like some t- most of the time it's so crazy it might work, does not work. And I think that's what America kind of went with. Well, like Donald Trump, it's so crazy it just might work. And it's it's showing an immediate sure. a, an immediate um, problem. Well, as uh, we've seen with Dippin' Dots. Uh, the future of ice cream. No, that's not true. Oh, are you on Spicer's side now? I am on Spicer's side with that, yeah. <laughs> Sean Sp- I have I have no ill will towards Sean Spicer. He's just trying to be the mouthpiece for a bunch of children, yeah. uh, which is extremely difficult. And uh, his his uh, his opinion on Dipping Dots is right on. Dip- yeah. The future of ice cream. Hmm. We're living in it. It's ice cream. <laughs> uh, but, of course, if you think about it, it's so crazy it might just work regarding the flying V from the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Uh, that did work. It did and, work. Uh, and that's good. Oh, we didn't even get to Kim Jong-un killing his brother. But I guess we just got to it. Kim Jong-un killed his brother <laughs> with a, a super hot assassin. She was wearing a lol, LOL, was on her. Sh- I mean, you can't even make that. I'm not, I'm not even sure if it's North Korean irony or if they legitimately think it's funny. I don't know. It may be. I don't know. I, I just, you get you got to. You got to respect a country that uh, has a dictator that makes all of his decisions based on James Bond movies. Get the hot chick. Yeah. Get the hot chick to kill the guy. Absolutely. And of course, you know, going back a little bit to that North Korean conversation, uh, when it comes to that 50 percent poll, uh, you know, 50 percent of the country um, saying that they think Donald Trump might be able to handle a, uh, you know, a national emergency. It was on the heels of that North Korean uh, missile launch. And we do have, I think, roughly 128,000 U.S. soldiers throughout that part of the region that that a missile could hit. Yeah. And if if North Korea does launch a missile uh, and they do kill U.S., uh, you know, servicemen, that's an act of war. Uh, and really any of our allies, although Donald Trump has said that he does not care about our allies whatsoever. So I don't think that would be an act of war by his standards, but certainly if you kill our military. So, I mean, these are real life things. Yeah. And uh, it's not just a joke and it's not just about calling people liars and l- calling people uh, tired and whatever else he said during the primary or crooked. Um, these are real things. So anyway, um, that's the show for this week. <laughs> Uh, we'll do another. I'll, I'll read some emails on, an, on on the next episode, and then we'll be back here. And I'm sure we'll have a whole God knows what. What's, what do we even predict next week will bring? I just maybe next week. Chris Christie 
is in the cabinet. That's my my official position is Chris Christie has a my position is Chris Christie has an official role uh, inside of the Trump White House. And you get a Chris Christie, uh, Steve Bannon, Donald Trump triad because they got it. They do need someone in there. If they, they if they're going to keep going, they need someone in there who knows how government works or at the very least knows what <clears throat> government is. What it is. Yeah. I mean, Chris Christie, of course, I believe he should be in jail for what he did with Bridgegate. But yeah, that's a whole nother story. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks. Parks on Instagram at Marcus Parks. I'm at uh, Twitter at Ben Kissel and Instagram Ben Kissel one. And uh, yeah, and thank you guys so much for buying the t-shirts. Yeah, they're they're, they're flying off the proverbial shelves. Yeah, they are. Thank you so much. If you want your very own uh, Abe Lincoln stop at t-shirt uh, with uh, a skeleton, the skeleton of Abraham Lincoln puking out the American flag, go Did to CaveComedyRadioMerch.com. <laughs> he died. Oh, he died. He, he died. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.